You got to get serious and get into this battle. And what we're watching happening in the governments and the earth and everything is the type and shadow of what's going to happen in the kingdom. Don't mess with us. Don't mess with our kids no more. We're not playing this game. There's so much destruction that's going on with these people. We really need to stand up. See, the Lord has given us the authority to break the yokes. And it's time that the church gets out of the four walls and gets in the streets and starts talking Jesus. Jesus, Amen. Blessings uh, and welcome to all those that are out there on VH News. It's good to have you. You know, uh, we're sitting in a season of of, uh, prophetic understanding. I really believe that we are at a point in a time, especially in the prophetic apostolic ministries that are getting ready to be released. You've heard me talk about this many, many times about there's a move coming that God wants to release something that's never been seen before. And we need to understand it's going to sound different. There's going to be a different voice coming out, a different trumpet call. And we need to understand that we're going to hear things that we're not being taught in the Pentecostal, Protestant, Evangelical, Catholic, any type of the Christian movements that are out there. And the reason being is because it's called the book of Revelations. The book of Revelations means something that is veiled and has to be unveiled, meaning we've never seen it before. And we're getting ready to see Jesus at a level that has not been heard of. Hallelujah, really, since the beginning of creation, you know, when Jesus came the first time, the Jews didn't know who he was. He said, the sum of the scriptures about me, you don't see me. But we are on the verge of the same exact thing right now. We have a special guest today, uh, Danae Clement Petruska, which it almost sounds like Petro, but she's getting close now. <laughs> and and, and Donna, it's really good to have you, sis. Um, I really appreciated your father um, so many times. You know, I'd listen to your dad, and he would confirm things that the Lord was telling me. And, and you know, that's when you know that that God is releasing something at a prophetic level, and that you know you're coming into that Kairos moment. The prophets, those that are out there, need to be hearing, sis. Oh, yes, so much. Um, Thank you again, first of all, for having me on. And um, this has been quite a journey for me uh, personally because of just the way our life was growing Mm up. So, um, you know, you don't get to talk to the kids of prophets often, and the kids of prophets... It's a bit difficult, um, you know, if you're out there in the world and, and not so much in your church, mm-hmm. uh, trying to explain it because it's so misunderstood and I think uh, also neglected and abused. It's been so terribly abused that, that the world has this idea of prophets as being fraud. And so the number one issue always come into, it's the first hurdle, is, mm-hmm. is he for real? Um, And I think, you know, if you look at my dad's prophecies and what God said through him, um, and then you look at what happened in his life and uh, that he passed away uh, in 2016, he actually passed away two weeks after Donald Trump was elected president and he had prophesied that he would be president. And, you know, for us as a family, that was extraordinarily difficult. So it's difficult to see things when you're clouded with grief and shock and 
we had expected dad to live to an old man and we would, you know, we're a big family. We would all be sitting around with him. And that wasn't God's plan. And it was very difficult for us uh, to uh, even be able to see what's going on. And so for me, I just footage of dad and I was, uh, you know, stepped up in the ministry. I started working uh, hand in hand with my mother. Uh, we weren't sure at first what to do with the ministry. We decided to keep it going because look at all these prophecies that God gave my dad to all of us now uh, as a guide. It's been an incredible guide uh, and also to build our faith and realize and remember he's still there. It emboldens us. I mean, there's so many benefits to the prophetic. And uh, it's it's starting to come. It's starting to to bloom in mm. this in this time, and uh, I'm starting to see more prophetic voices. Um, you know, there's there's the office of the prophet, but we are a prophetic people. Amen. And there are people who who God shares. I mean, even I was saying this to somebody: uh, a pastor will prophesy, uh, an evangelist will prophesy. These gifts, uh, although you may be called into an office, you can function in all of them as well. It's a beautiful process, Amen. a beautiful system, let's say that system that God put together. And we, we, we have in this time that being as the end times, my dad used to say, it is the end times, but it's not the end of time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in the end times, we knew that this was going to come. Paul had, you know, we were prepared for what would happen with prophets. I and mean, then we're starting to see, and I'm starting to see, look at what dad prophesied. This was a miraculous. And there are other prophets. And God's showing uh, other prophets, other pieces of the same thing. So I was a little quest of how am I going to gather that together? I mm. want to hear uh, from the other prophets. And, and I don't know, sometimes I wonder if maybe it's I miss my dad, so I'm looking for that thing. Mm. And I know what a... It's difficult to explain. I know what a prophet feels like. And so when a, when, when someone is like you, I, I could feel it immediately because I'm nothing else growing up. I spent all of my childhood in thousands, not just hundreds, thousands of churches of many denominations, uh, many different situations. Some of them were corrupt. Some of them were great. Uh, but I, I knew nothing else. And so it's a, it's a unique perspective for me. And God's put me in, in quite a position to be able to present what God showed my dad. But also, he's put me in a place now where I'm. he's having me look at these other prophets. And one thing dad used to, to always say was about you, because he didn't often know what he was prophesying about. I mean, of course, God would give him insight into things and stuff, but there were lots of things he prophesied and he would either forget or he would walk off the stage and say, what did I say? I don't know what I said. Um, uh, and this is, this is typical of, I mean, that's even, I'm sure that's happened to many, many people watching. I'm sure it's happened to you where God just, something just comes out of your mouth and you're just like, Oh, that must've been God. I didn't think that through my brain. And so um, we are seeing uh, this manifestation. Uh, I want to call it a manifestation. Uh, it just seems right. Uh, and dad saw it coming. As you said, it was, he didn't even know what to call it. He didn't want to call it a revival that wasn't good enough. He said all the revivals together mm. are, are not anything compared to what God's about to do. Well, well you know, what? Uh, as great as they were, those moves of this. A, a revival is to revive something. 
and your dad seeing a reformation, it's a completely different thing, you know? And, yes. I, and I do believe, Donna, that your dad was a transitionary prophetic voice, transitioning from one season to another. And oftentimes when we read about those type of prophets in scripture, the Lord does take them home to let them know or to let the people know he's marking the time. And that there's so many things about your your dad that really relate scripturally to a transition and the Lord bringing a new move. And, and part of the reason is to, to uh, push people forward into a new move and make sure that the old doesn't hold people back, you know, because once a prophetic voice or an apostolic voice becomes established, such as your dad, people will cling to that. And then all of a sudden here comes something new. They don't know what to do with it. They, they don't understand and and they won't move forward. And same way with denominations, same way with, with previous moves. Because the prophetic voice is the voice of Jesus. And it is so strong that, that you know, it's something that the Lord does that to, to push us and protect us. I'm going to play a video of your dad. Um, it's, it's the last word that your dad gave. And it was something I wanted to go over because really, I believe, Danae, this is what is happening right now. I believe we are in this transition. I, somebody just gave a word, a, a, another uh, prophetic voice, and he was saying this this move of the remnant is getting ready to come forward. And, you know, the, the Lord says he will do nothing in the earth till he first reveals his secrets or veiled truths to his prophets. So the prophets are, are declaring, trumpeting, the Bible says, what the Lord is getting ready to do. But let's play that clip, and, and we're going to talk about that. We are at the beginning stage of a reformation. People laugh at me when I say that. We are at the beginning stage of a recovery. People laugh at me. But I say to you, for what purpose? Apostolic Christianity to recover apostolic Christianity. We need to return to the basics, the foundation of our first century faith. Many Christians today are being defeated in the arena of ideas, won't go into the marketplace because they don't have the basics worked out in their life. Let us return to the basics of the early church. For God says, I want to give all these things that my people desire before that great and coming day of the Lord. Before I take my people to myself, I wish to sweep across every nation and present myself one final time. For when I came the first, for when I came the first time, they could have received the kingdom of God, Israel, but they rejected me. And therefore there is a return of that kingdom, says the Lord. This day you sense the presence of my kingdom. Then believe me that I can clear the debt and I can cause you to be free to once again dance and to give and to rejoice in the Lord who made you, says our God. Come on. You know, amen. Um, your dad says so many things there that 
you know, because my ears are in tune to what he's saying, and I've studied heavily into the early church fathers, he's saying stuff that most people wouldn't catch. One, at the beginning, he says there's a reformation and a recovery. Now, reformation means something completely new. So how can you have a reformation and a recovery, meaning going back to something that was either lost? And see, that this is what I mean about the prophetic, and this is all what also talking about the early church. He's ta- and Jesus says this in the book of Revelation, go back to what you once knew. So what he's saying is, is there's a there's a new move, a reformation that's coming that's it's going to reform the whole church, just like when Martin Luther broke away from the Catholic Church. But he's also saying there's a recovery, meaning we got to go back to what the early church knew. So it's going back to the early church understanding, which is a, a reformation because we're not doing it right now. And that was a very profound statement that your father made uh, in so many ways. And I picked it up almost immediately. As I've been saying, we got to go back. We got to go back. And we're not, we're not even close to that right now. And he talks about the apostolic church. He talks about the prophetic church, which in the early church, uh, they taught that if there's not an apostle in the church, it's not even a church. Meaning their theology was the apostle is the church, and he's to release that grace to the rest. Paul says in Ephesians, uh, uh, in the book of Ephesians chapter three, he said, this grace was given to me for you. How that by revelation, he made known to me this mystery. And he says it over and over. So, and he talks about getting back to the early church. And again, that first couple hundred years, did your dad say anything more on that? Or, or, or when he was talking about that, did he ever speak to anybody as far as, that season coming to its fullness? Oh, yes. He had been, he had been seeing this for a while. The great God, he, he, he finally got to reformation. He was trying to find it. So he was just Amen. seeing the glimpse, and this is over years. So I think one of the first times I saw something that was pretty, it was like, yeah, what? prophecy was in 2013 i'm trying to remember the day but he um he was at the time trying to find the word while singing he's going jesus revolution like he's trying to find a jesus it's the jesus and what is it he could see something and he didn't want to call it a revival and he could say i can't call it a revival it's not that something like we've never he said you will say again and again we've never seen anything like this before We've never seen this before. And this particular clip you just played is from the last time he ever was seen publicly or prophesied. Mm. Because two days later, two days after that, that particular broadcast was so full. I get very emotional uh, uh, just watching it over again. Like just the part you just played for me now, just it's pretty intense. And not because he's my dad, but because there's something, whether or not I even understood before what he was saying, I knew that 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 he was saying was important. And I used to watch it over and over again. And I would think, well, return to the to the early church. What does he mean? Because um, to me, it seemed to me like, does he mean go backwards? It couldn't mean that. Mm. He must mean is something we've lost. We need to regain, perhaps. Amen. Um, well, Jesus does. So say, I've really analyzed this over the years. 
Jesus does say that in Matthew chapter 17, for Elijah will come and restore all things. A restoration is something that has been lost or something that is broken that needs to come back. And again, Jesus talks about that, and we and here we are really, I'm hearing it everywhere right now. I mean, this is such a profound word that your father, and you have to understand when your dad was giving that word, there was a bunch of prophetic apostolic people that the Lord still had in hiding that were in training, and now they're getting ready to come out. And I believe uh, before the end of this year, we're going to see that release into this next move. I, I believe destiny requires it. But what's happening in the earth, there's so many things coming together and merging at, into this year that for those people that are asleep to it, they don't understand what a huge battle is already raging right now between light and darkness. And if people don't understand that, they're just asleep to what's really happening in the earth right now. Absolutely. Absolutely they are. And if you look at, you know, the enemy always counters with his own plan. And you see the level to which uh, just society in general has been degraded that it's brazen and it's in your face and it's quite shocking. But see the way the enemy is manifesting through people who are asleep, people who are deceived. And the hopeful thing in that is if it's that bad, working that bad, then what God has for us must be so much better mm. on the counter. So looking at this, and, and then and again, if you look at just abortion, look at uh, before Moses uh, uh, and Jesus, they were killing the children because of what was going to be. And dad was seeing America at one point, he was prophet nine, I believe, in labor pain. Something is about to be born. And it wasn't just America, it was the world. But he, he was in America and he was going to particular regions. He was in Seattle, Washington at the time. And um, he saw something being born, that the pain of this is a labor pain. And that what we are going to see is going to be like nothing we've ever seen before. So yes, that would mean reformation, reforming. Uh, And I do love that word. I think that is the word. He was trying to find it. It wasn't revival. Revolution does, but reformation is it. Yeah. And then we have, my mother and I have actually gone back and we have been studying mm-hmm. about the early church. And we've been reading all the stuff that, you know, maybe used to be in the Bible was taken out and all that. You know, there's a lot of writings and, you know, people can get pulled into deception with those. But at this stage, we've really been looking at like the book of Enoch and, and things like that because, you know, uh, as in the days of Noah. I mean, God even showed me some stuff a couple of years ago. I did a whole series on as in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the son of man. Mm-hmm. And in the process of working with uh, General Flynn and Clay Clark on the Reawaken Tour, yeah. um, I've learned a lot now about World Economic Forum. And so a lot of this stuff, that dad saw this too. He saw God would shake things and they would have to be exposed. For instance, many people are looking at, uh, you know, what happened in the 2020 election. 
what's going on now with this administration, which is absolutely insane. But it is a necessary thing because if these hadn't happened, we wouldn't be aware of the level of corruption that we have to face. We need yes. to know our enemy Amen. and be prepared. And I mean the spiritually. I mean spiritual battle. People are not, um, there are many people who are very well uh, uh, informed and accustomed to and understanding spiritual warfare. Yeah. But a lot of Christians, and I would say a majority of, of just regular everyday Christians, don't really know what what that realm is. Now, for us, growing up in the house of a prophet, you're going to know all about spiritual warfare. You're going to see crazy things. You will see the manifestation of the enemy. The the, the My dad used to go under, uh, w- would come a, 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 on him when he would travel. If he, God was sending him to a certain place, he would have resistance, resistance, resistance. And we all knew, oh, the resistance, that's good. That means he's doing the right thing. Uh, a lot of people aren't aware of that just day-to-day stuff. And then you put into it what we're all going through now and you see what's manifesting in the in the, the natural world. You have to understand what is going on spiritually is very intense. And uh, any kind, any spiritually aware, if you're spending any time in, in prayer, if you are a warrior of that sort, you're going to already know exactly what I'm talking about because it's thick in the air. And you can see it manifesting uh you know, you see people protesting, you see the division and the arguing and how ugly mm. it gets. That is demonic. Yeah. Uh, my dad said that the hearts of once compassionate women would cook their own children. And he said, no longer will your children be your food. He, he was seeing some of these very dark, very hard to look at and say, this is real and this is happening. Yeah. Uh, but it's going on. You Luciferian rituals and all these things you, all the conspiracy theories they joke are coming true now, but it, it, it's it's all for this time. And for me, I actually don't feel afraid at all. I feel quite excited in anticipation. Um, I don't like a lot of what I'm seeing. You know, I hear monkeypox, and of course, I'm concerned. I have kids, but I'm not afraid. I feel more excited than afraid. Yeah. I, I feel like. We're in for some pleasant surprises. And of course, there's everything in Revelation is unavoidable. Mm-hmm. Everything that the prophets saw that would come to this end time, it's unavoidable. It's something my mother always reminds me because I'll, I do get worked up about things. I'll go to my mother mm-hmm. and say to me, you know, this is what's supposed to happen. There's no stopping it. Yeah. And so I think that anybody alive right now, we should feel quite privileged to be living in this time and not afraid or complaining. I think... Amen. Every little life on earth, whether or not they're deceived, whether or not they know God, even if they're committing evil, they're chosen for this time. And you, uh, you, you that know, goes back to Danny. You know, the Apostle Paul said he was a man born at the wrong season or the wrong time. And I always used to think about that. Why would Paul say that? That's crazy. I mean, he <laughs> he's seen Jesus. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. The, the Lord used him in such an incredible Thank way. Paul. And he was like, I don't want to be here. I want to be up at the end for the final battle. I want to be in that time when the glory comes and it's time for the glory to come upon the saints. And people don't understand that, that where we're at right now, we're at the, you know, I heard uh, Bob Jones say that God chose, he, he, he said he was in a room that the Lord had taken him to heaven. He was in a vision. And he said, and this room was filled with these balls of light. And I've actually seen this. I've actually 
you know, on, on uh, times I've taught and stuff, you'll see these balls of light come in, you know, to the videos and everything. It's, it's an amazing thing to see. And I've seen it for years, but he said, he's seen all these balls of light flowing around the room and there, Jesus was standing beside him and there was angels collecting these blue balls. He said, every once in a while, there was these blue balls of light that would come out and they would grab those blue balls and they would put of light and put them in a jar. And Jesus said, this are, these are the ones for the end time move. These are the ones for the end time generation. And they will burn brighter and hotter than any, any other generation uh, to bring the move. Now, it was crazy because I had, you know, we were seeing these balls of light in, in videos and stuff that, and, and stuff that we were doing. It was like, Lord, what is this? And, and on, um, it was on uh, Wake Up, I think it was Wake Up America. It was one of those morning shows. They had a video, they had an interview of a young boy that was dying of cancer and he was in the hospital. And his mother had taken, and she was talking about all the, the angels that were coming and visiting him and telling him things that were going to happen, right? And I mean, this is a secular show and he's talking about this, right? And his mother, they had his, his birthday was in the hospital. And she took a bunch of pictures. The family was there and, and she and she pulled the pictures out and she goes, oh, honey, the pictures are ruined. And she goes, there's all these balls of light. And, and the little boy said, no, mommy, mom, that is when the angels come. They first start out as balls of, I almost fell out of my chair when I heard that little kid say that. I was just so touched by that. And I said, there's the confirmation, right, of, of what's happening. And so it just got me so excited that uh, I realized we were having angelic visitations. And, and, you know, what are angels? The word angel actually, we, you know, it's just not a being with, with wings. The prophets and the angels are, are like together in the move of God because the angel is the messenger. He's the one bringing the prophetic message to the prophets that hear it. And they start releasing those messages that are coming from the throne of God. And so those angels are entrusted with, with getting that understanding over to us in order for us to start walking in it. That's why there's good angels. That's why there's, you know, uh, angels from the throne. There's angels from the enemy uh, because it depends all on what message you're listening to. And you're right. The battle is here. You know, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, was something you said earlier, so it shall be at the coming of the, uh, 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 you know, my second coming. Well, what was in the day of Noah was this battle with these fallen ones, these princes, right? And, and if you read that, people don't read that, and, and they or they misinterpret. He said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be at the coming of the Son of Man. They were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving marriage. Well, that's really not a sin. None of that's a sin. There's nothing wrong with eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage, unless you read the book of Enoch, because that's what the, the fallen ones were doing. They were eating people and drinking their blood, and they were taking unto themselves, marrying the daughters of the earth, it said. So he's talking about the fallen ones is what he's talking about. They were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage till the flood came and took them all the way. The they and then them were the fallen ones that were taken. That is how to be at this coming of the Son of Man. Two will be in a field, one will be taken, and one will be left. So he's not talking about the rapture. He's talking about the wicked being removed. <clears throat> and I keep telling people, listen, God's going to deal with this wickedness now. And the early church seen it as us being purified in this battle. 
being prepared for greater things that the Lord wants to do through us. And so when you read the early church, it's 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 something that's so immense. Uh, and, and we need to get back to that, sister. The other thing you mentioned, you mentioned uh, abortion. And a lot of people have a hard time with this, especially this whole thing with um, Nancy Pelosi getting communion, right? This comes out of the Didache, which is an early church writing. This also comes from the book of Barnabas. It says this. It says that abortion was prohibited by the early church as murder. The earliest information of the New Testament seems to uh, occur in the in the vice lists where uh, pharmacia may have referred to the drugs used for abortions. So the early church fathers seen a, a, a child before it was born, before it was born, and they believed. Now, again, this is the first 100 years of the church. It's the first 50 years of the church. They're saying that, 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 that life began at conception. That's our early, these are the men that were trained by the apostles, sis. So we have to understand this is not something that the Catholic Church is saying or any of the churches. This is something that the earliest church believed in, Clement of Alexandria, that these all these early church wrote, uh, fathers wrote about this. And, and again, uh, we need to, to get back to that understanding and really begin to, to wake up um, this issue that's happening right now because God's seen it as murder. And the early church considered people in the church, if they got an abortion, they were put out as murderers and they weren't allowed back in. So, and I'm not talking about somebody that in their previous life before they became born again, having abortion. I'm talking about people in the church. The early church wouldn't let them stay. And it's a very serious issue right now, uh, Donay. And again, that prophetic utterances are coming forward. So much is lost in translation within God's word. It's surprising how much is misunderstood, even simple word definitions. In his book, Access Behind the Veil, Apostle Michael Petro explains that beyond the veil lies the original intention of God's plan to restore creation through his people. When the Lord gives us access behind the veil, we begin to understand the mysteries of the kingdom and our calling as a royal priesthood. Apostle Michael Petro writes about deciphering the Torah from the Hebrew language and recognizing God's language of mysteries, secrets, and parables within the scripture. It's time to step behind the veil and see the coming glory. Access Behind the Veil, The Coming Glory by Apostle Michael Petro. Available now on our website, voh.church. Yes, and so, yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, It is murder. And the the concerning thing, above the fact that this is the the genocide in human history, um, is the, the, the hearts of once compassionate women who now, when you see them, when the whole thing came up with the Supreme Court and Roe versus Wade, you had so many uh, more extremist women, obviously, going on and and celebrating it. Yeah. Uh, in a very ugly way, putting it in the face of people who are saying, look, this is a life. Mm-hmm. And also you can see in a very short time, they uh, when, when it's come to abortion, it's, oh, well, when is life? These women are being told, educated from children, 
that it's just a clump of cells. Yeah. Argument to that obvious is so obvious. The, the argument is so obvious. It's, well, what happens to the clump of cells? We're all clumps of cells. So what happens to the clump of cells? You leave it alone. It's going to grow into a human being. But they're being led to believe that it's no different than a clump of cancer cells. Mm. And uh, it, it's an indoctrination that's been going on. And I saw it as a teenager. I saw it, it was already, and this is in the 90s when I was a teenager, it was already beginning to manifest. So we have this, we have this issue of these, the hearts of these women. And if we're going to actually address that act of murder, we have to come back and speak to the hearts of the women. Only God can do this, but through yeah. us he can. And so th- th- there is the core issue. And of course we know what governments have done and, and groups have done in order to reach their endeavors. Mm-hmm. But, um, it is without question uh, that the moment of conception is the moment that life is going to begin growing. And uh, whatever excuse you can come up with, murdering the innocent life, just I don't understand how that is the solution. And then, of course, they'll come with arguments. Uh, well, it's okay to, uh, well, what are the, the, the women who would just go and get the abortions anyway and be killed? Well, that isn't still not a reason to murder an innocent life. God said through Jeremiah, I knew you before you were born. I formed you. So before conception, God knew us. Amen. And if you understand it that way, then you're never going to be able to even consider, oh, well, it's just, I can't see it. It's in me. So it's part of me. So it's, no, it's not okay. And it's also been very bad for the women Oh yeah, I mean because we, they've been convinced that what they're doing is okay, and it's what? not, and then they suffered. I'm a girl who committed suicide because of it. Yeah. A girl I knew when we were young, didn't hear from her for many years. It plagued her so much she ended up killing herself. So, what you have in in society right now is a bunch of people who are not seeing prophetically, seeing further than their nose. They're not seeing, uh, even looking. Everything's mm-hmm. right here. It's the same with the news. Sure. One news story comes, we get all outraged, and then it's gone and we've forgotten about it. Yeah. And then there's the next news story. And so you can see a deliberate, it's so obvious what the enemy's doing that if you can see it one time, you'll never be able to unsee it. And it is transforming enough just to know and look. Well, you and know, so I think uh, that's... There, there's so much where... Oh, go ahead. There, there's so many lies being perpetrated by the enemy, by our government to these people and lying to them. It's like you say, it's... Uh, you know, it's these things that are being released. Your dad prophesied about Roe versus Wade being overturned. And I believe, too, I'm, I'm honestly, I, I look at those things, Danae, as, as something where the Lord is, he is overturning what is happening, the wicked side of it, and restoring. And to me, that should give people hope that the Lord is, st- because of if the Lord was saying enough is enough, it's all done, he would just let it keep going and, and let these people burn themselves out. But he's not. He's restoring, he's turning it over because there are those that are out there that are prophetically saying, you know, this is what the Lord is doing now. And that and the season of restoration, like Jesus said in, in Matthew 17, and the restoration of all things, right? So when, when we look at these things, like the abortion, Roe versus Wade being overturned, these things that have been prophesied that were flags, you know, really 
what the Lord was saying through your dad was giving people an opportunity to get ready and participate in the future of what was coming. And a lot of people miss that. It's, it's not about God proving your dad or making sure people knew he was telling the truth or he was a prophet. It was about, hey, do you really understand the prophetic? Number one, do you believe it? The prophetic, not the person, the prophetic. And do you want to get yeah. ready for what's coming? And see, that's what people miss. The chirpers are out there still sitting in the corner chirping, but they're still not ready. They're the foolish virgins that were given a chance to get the oil, but they haven't got it. And and so now that they're, you know, they're gonna they're paying a price because as things wind down and they realize, hey, it's time now to listen, it's time to buy the oil. It's already too late. But you know, that's the story of the whole Old Testament. The Lord giving his people a chance to get ready. You can help build the ark. They didn't. Neither did they get to get in because, you know, they had that mocking spirit. All through the Old Testament, the Lord uses those prophets like Noah, like Jeremiah. This is what's coming. That's what's coming. You can you can divert it or you can miss it. And that's the scary thing when the prophetic voice is talking. And people think things are over and they're not that we're getting ready to see some of the greatest things that have ever been seen. And so the Lord is just taking us through that door right now. Um, Interesting. What, what, you know, the Pope saying, you know, overriding the Bishop up there in San Francisco and saying he would give, um, he would give Nancy Pelosi communion, right? Now you got to realize this man knows these things I just read to you from the early church. He, the, all the bishops study the Dadachi in the Roman Catholic Church. So they know this too. And so now you see these bishops lining up on one side and the Pope on another side. He has to know that what he is doing is not right in the sight of God. He has to know that. Why would he line himself well, my dad to did the side prophesy. of now, I, I, I have to say this because my dad did prophesy about Francis. And he had, in the beginning, he had seen some, some positive things. And then a while later, a couple of years later, he prophesied about him again. And he said, Francis, watch out, watch out, watch out. He said, you, there's a, is it, was it a liar or a betrayer? Betrayer in your ear. Um, and he was in warning for him. And mm-hmm. I often think about... Uh, particularly with this Pope, Pope Francis and the one before Benedict who stepped down. I'm very, uh, that's always bothered me because the lightning struck St. Peter's Basilica the night that he stepped down. So there's more there that I don't know, but I, um, that we should be concerned probably about every Pope, but in, in this case, He's obviously been taken of the, what you could call it, the globalists or the beast system or whatever, whatever people are calling it, but that he's on that side. I mean, he's, he's agreeing to some things that I just, you know, like a a one world religion and the Muslims and the Jews and the Christians are all going to have a temple and everybody's going to, the Hindus will have their corner. And I don't know that who they are going to convince to do this because if you try to put the Muslims and the Jews together, it's going to be a slaughter. So I don't know where their reality is, if this is a facade of some sort, but I definitely can see playing out not only 
been prophesied and uh, throughout the Old Testament and Revelation, we were prepared for this time. And it, you know, the difficulty comes, this is a difficulty my dad had too. It's like every generation thinks it's it. Mm. And so you'll find, you know, like remember back in the 80s, everybody was putting their pets down and selling all their stuff because they'd figured out the date. Dad kind of lived through that time period and he saw people doing that. So he didn't want to be one of those, you know, prophets predicting mm. those things in Revelation would happen. Or when is, he, when is Jesus coming back? He didn't want to touch those things. And so he really, but what happened was it started to come out when he would prophesy. And something that I indicated to my, I noticed and, and, and showed my mother is that he was sort of rebelliously refusing to prophesy about those things. And people would expect it as a prophet. Mm. But it would come out, and the way it would come out is he would be in the middle of prophesying in a particular verse from one of the prophets in the Bible, one of them, it would come out of his mouth. And I would say, Mom, you know, what's interesting about this is without meaning to and without even knowing what he was doing, he was prophesying the time. So why would he say that particular thing? Well, because we're in that season. You see what I'm trying to yeah, say? Oh, I've, yeah. I've been trying to explain it to my mom and I've had a little bit of a difficult time well, getting I, it out I mean, properly. You, you, but you, you I, I'm seeing that he was doing it without meaning to. Yeah. You're, well, your dad was picking up saying things, but those things were biblical too. I mean, you know, when you talk about yes. the new world order, right? One world government, that's biblical. And a one world religion. Well, what's that? That's all the religions coming it's together. Biblical. Well, that's here. That's not, you know, Francis is the architect of that. And he calls it the Institute of Elijah, which blows me away because that was what was prophesied by the early church, this return of Elijah. So he knows um, uh, what is happening. That that was actually, uh, I can't remember the name of the guy. His name was Tony... uh, he prophesied with Kenneth Copeland, he, he, or he went to Kenneth Copeland, and he told him about the Pope and how everything was coming together. And he was handing, and he was, he was extending the hand of Elijah. When I seen that, I almost fell out of my chair. It was like, oh my God, this guy's claiming now to be the Elijah that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter seventeen. So it was such a such a it was it was it was a defining moment in the body right well in the early church they talked about all this stuff would happen at six thousand years they believed in the same way the lord created the earth in six days the six days was symbolic of six thousand years or like peter says a day is equal to a thousand years uh um, peter says it david says it so they believe that the time we're in right now is the time and so I've been saying, this is happening, this is happening. And I just went back to the early church and now we're watching it all line up. But, but I, I really feel um, the guy's name was Tony Palmer. He was a priest that came to Kenneth Copeland. I, I really believe we are in the time now where it, 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 what we're watching, it's, it, it, today it's too many things that are lining up. Too many things. And I really feel like that's- Too many. Yeah. I really feel your dad was giving markers. You know, you're, I mean, think about it. Yes. That was only, you know, what, seven years, less than seven years ago that your dad was saying, get ready, get ready. Right after your dad was releasing these property, prophecies, we heard uh, the blood red moons were out, which was another prophecy yes. in, in, in Joel, uh, Book of Revelation. 
Uh, it talks about those quadrants, the blood red moons uh, before the great and terrible day of the Lord. Well, it's great for some people and it's terrible for other. Uh, again, he w- he was that transition from the old move to a new move or yes. this, well, you know, what he called the reformation and going back into that understanding. That's actually what Jesus is prophesying in Matthew 17. Um, man, time is going by so quick. Uh, I love these kind of interviews. <laughs> um your, uh, <laughs> we keep doing them. Amen. The, the stadium prophecies, your dad got into those two. Last time we talked, you were telling me, you know, you were saying, uh, Pastor Mike, that when the Lord showed you the stadium, my dad was seeing these stadium end time meetings too. Can, can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. He was seeing this and he was also seeing uh, little flames and houses. Um, the, the home church. And if you look at COVID and everything that happened with COVID and they were shutting churches down and now we have, you know, we've got social media and the internet, good and bad, however it is, the church is, uh, has changed already. Yeah. Through the technology and everything. So we, we, he was seeing this all change. Like what we, the way in which we're doing things now will change. And he saw the home churches and the little flames and, and um, oh, there's, so, there's so many things. I wish I could I'd pull it up, pull up a, a, the database because we could, we'd be here for hours. <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, that's what he was seeing. He was seeing um, also uh, scales being removed from eyes mm. and the people were one and it was one party of people and it wasn't Democrats or Republicans. It was this one party of people who could see so the scales are being removed. And this is the process. We're in the middle of that process. I keep saying to people, we're not at the end of anything. We're in the middle yeah. right now. It's begun and we're in the middle. And so uh, we're going to see the God is doing it. He's upsetting and shaking. And as he's doing it, exposing and exposing, and it's been overwhelming people. I sort of, you know, when most people, this is how people are dealing with it. They're either not looking at it at all and just going on with life as if nothing's changed. And this is Christian or not. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people who are seeing it also Christian or not. And they're seeing it. And like I said, once you see what's going on, I mean, this is what happened with Trump. That's why he was the trumpet because he made a big loud noise and got in there. He wasn't part of the club. They weren't expecting him. He messed up everybody's plans. God put him there. It doesn't matter how righteous or or unrighteous Donald Trump is. God can use who he wants. He can use a donkey if he wants to. And he used Donald Trump and he put him in there because Donald Trump, he created Donald Trump to be that person so that when the time came, he put him in there and Trump would say, hey guys, look what's going on behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. We're paying too much. We're getting robbed. These people are crooks. The media is lying to you. And you know, you know, those of us who were already conspiracy theories, it was fine for us, but a lot of people have had a quite a, a rude awakening. I don't want to say conspiracy theories. That's probably not the right. Well, you know what I but say? That's what we're called, you know. Well, I say, this is what I say. Yesterday's conspiracy is today's front page news. So, <laughs> because everything it in is. the past this is, is my it's all front page name. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, there's no conspiracies left. <laughs> I, I was I just called some friends of mine in Mexico, right? The shelves are filled with baby formula. The shelves are are, are filled with food. It hasn't changed, and the gas prices in Mexico have not changed. So don't tell me it's worldwide. 
Yeah. Don't tell me that. No, it's not. It's it's here. This is that this is the battleground right it's here. Deliberate. It's right. It is deliberate. Um, and you know, on that same broadcast you played the September fifth, Dad Dad was speaking about that too, about the uh, um, uh, it it being deliberate. And he said he said whatever your house is built on. I think he was particularly talking about churches now. He said, whatever your house is built on, if it's when the storms come, if you've built your house on the sand, you you will be blown away. You will not make it. I forget how he exactly said it. Uh, But he said, if you build your house on the rock, then the storms will come and you will stand. And this is where we are. Because it's 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 it no matter what the, the, the thing that's going on is, when you're a church or a group of people or a denomination, whatever you are. You you have to build your foundation on that rock, and you find that so many people have become so wishy washy that it's been very easy for them to have been deceived in this time. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, there's a part of me, and I have to say this: it's very difficult because we look at people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Shifty Schiff, and they represent you know, not many people. I, you know, I really don't think. I think that America is being sorely misrepresented right yes. now because I've traveled right. this country. I know the heart of American people and the fringe groups that get out there and scream and shout and do these despicable things do not represent America. And I think that that's what is in the hearts of the American people now is a very eye-opening realization that there are too many people that are supposed to be representing us that are misrepresenting us and filling their pockets and doing God knows what else. Mm. And um, we have to figure out how to deal with lashing out or fighting with these people, trying to argue with them. Uh, The goal should be to be the light in the darkness. So we have to be the light. And that also means we have to represent Christ. And that goes back to the rock because we have to, you know, if you go in the world right now, there's no redemption. There's no forgiveness. If you make a mistake, you're canceled. If you did something 20 years ago, they're pulling it up and they're showing everybody and you got to answer for it and apologize for it or you're canceled. That is not Christianity. That is not Christ because Christ will reach his hand out. Like my dad used to say, reach the unreachable and touch the untouchable. Well, I'm unreachable and untouchable right now. They're right in the back. They're right in our next door. They're our neighbors. They're not far away. And they're right there, and we have to actually be able to not allow anger to control us Mm. and to forgive them and realize they're blind and they know not what they're doing. And we have to be the hand, the hands and feet of Jesus, yes, but also the voice. We have to show them and be the light. And and so it, it, it requires much patience on the part of the Christian who's being persecuted and attacked. And you know what, something else I've noticed is you have, you know, you have a lot of, uh, of gay people in the LGBTQWXYZ community and they, um, you know, you know, they, they, they really have a thing against Christians in particular. Mm. And I wonder why are they not protesting? Also the, the Roe v. Wade and the abortion people, why are they not protesting in the mosques? Mm. Because a Christian's not going to bake a cake for you. Mm-hmm. But a Muslim's going to throw you off a building and kill you, and mm-hmm. they will not say anything about them. So you can see the the plan of the enemy so cunning sure. that these people are so deceived that they would, you know. And so it's like my my thing has been just to tell everybody: try to soften your heart. 
I, I think, find a way to them. I, I, I think part of uh, the problem, Danae, is a lot of the a lot of LGBT, a lot of the gay community has tried the church, and basically we're told, you know, clean yourself up, get yourself that. And there's not been any deliverance in the church. And because there has been no freedom and people being set three, uh, free through the uh, the office of deliverance and inner healing, which actually are power gifts that go with the apostolic and go with the prophetic, um, because of that, they've turned their back on Jesus because, uh, you know, it's like, well, I tried the church and nothing happened. And... You know, it's sort of interesting because I see it. I hear it all the time. People, why, you know, it bothers me. People uh, coming off the streets, off of drugs. They're they're looking for Jesus, and they're wanting Jesus to help them. But they're because the ministers are not taking the time in prayer and fasting and healing ministries or believing it. They turn away, and so those pastors who are supposed to be representing Jesus, coming in the name of Jesus are giving a bad light on the on the Lord and these people walk, walk away thinking Jesus is angry with them and and he's not he loves them and he wants to set them free I, we probably got seven eight people in our church that were in the gay community they're completely set free now and then I mean it was nothing the Lord it was nothing for them to get set free it wasn't no special you know deliverance ministry with you know trumpets and trombones it, it, you know they just sat in service and got set free got healed right and, and i know that's what the lord's bringing i know the lord is going to touch those people that need inner healing but the church needs to stand up and start playing uh being in the position that jesus called it to be and quit making excuses for for a lack of power uh we have been given the power the these signs will follow those that believe and the Lord wants to, uh, he wants to, you know, when the Lord showed me the stadiums, Dene, he, he showed me literally ambulances outside. I'll never forget, the Lord took, took me, I was in the stadium watching this, the fields were just filled with the sick, and they were just getting out of wheelchairs one after another. Um, the news stopped. The news was only focused on these miracle meetings, these stadium meetings, because they were just so over the top. I seen a pillar of fire over one of the stadiums in in what the Lord showed me. And then, which happened in the 1950s also. So this is nothing new. What happened in the Bible has happened afterwards. But I, I remember the Lord took me up over top and I seen ambulances and hearsts lined up outside for I couldn't see the end of it. It was had to be a couple miles, three miles. And they were coming in and people were just being pulled out of caskets and everything and being transformed. And I thought I was, I, I actually, when I was a child, was having dreams of this. And I, it was not till later on that Paul Kane talked about it and Bob Jones, that they had had the same vision. The Lord literally took uh, Paul Kane out of his body, he said, and he showed him this event and and I seen it. I seen that happen. I'll, I'll never forget how relieved I was to know that there was other people that had seen it. And then I heard of your father, and, and you talked about your father seeing those stadium meetings. And the interesting thing is, uh, uh, Kent Christmas, when he talked about COVID, the Lord was going to empty the stadiums. They were going to stop. Sports were going to stop because those stadiums would be used for the last move that all started lining up 
to write now, sis. And I was like, this is it. These are all the prophetic words coming together now. You know, because a lot of times prof- people don't understand. Prophets don't talk like you and I are talking right now with absolutes. You know, um, prophets, according to scripture, also speak parabolically. Because if you really yes. study the parables, and the Jews understand this, parables are released in times where a parable means a parallel teaching or symbolic. They're released at times that that those things are not supposed to be released. So your dad might have said something five years ago parabolically, and another prophetic person that wasn't meant to be understood back then, then another prophetic person will pick it up, even yourself right now and say, I believe my dad said this. And now that's it's time for it to be released. It's time for it to come forward because now's the timing because we're in a very quick timing of prophetic words. We're not going to see things come to pass five, 10 years from now. We're in almost an immediate season. Kairos, I keep saying we're in that time right now. So, uh, but, but, did your dad see anything Pacific like I did where the, the healings and stuff like that? Yes. Uh, particularly what he saw was um, the way he expressed it. Um, and I'm doing this by memory, but the way he expressed it was all of the moves of, of the Azusa street and all, all those things. said, would be combined into one. Amen. And he, he wasn't saying anything negative about those moves. He was saying God is going to take the power of all of them together in one. And that's why he didn't want Amen. to call it a revival. Because at, when he first seen this, he thought it was revival, but he just wasn't right. And of course, he, we know he figured out, he found his way to what it was. But he was, yes, seeing that the impact and power of it, and yes, it was healing. He saw healing for diseases, cancer, Alzheimer's, diabetes, these over and over again. He kept talking about it, uh, about those particular diseases, that there would be cures very quickly found for those diseases or people would be healed or the healing would be found in obvious places that we never, like we were walking on it and we never thought, or it's in the ocean and we just never knew. So he saw this time um, that's greater than a revival, combine all the revivals yeah. together. And, and that you'll have, so, so you're seeing the stadiums and the healing, and that's what he was seeing. Um, it, it was, it was a, like a trickle down, I would say, starting about 2010. Yeah. Uh, maybe well, before. Well, well, no, well, I'm probably you, before. You, you know, Paul came, Bob Jones called it the gathering of uh, J, uh, Joel's army. They said they were saying, that it started in about 2000, between 2008 and 2012, that the Lord was now gathering the end time army for the end time move. So you're on point there. I mean, it's your dad was, dad was in about that on time. time then, yes. Yeah, it was on time. Because, I mean, you know, they were saying it's it's now starting. Every I, I'll, I'll give you a testimony because and, and, I know you got to go. Okay. In, in 1999, in the beginning, it's in 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 um, in August, and the Lord was just starting to really send me to nations and everything else. The Lord said to me, "I'm going to reverse the curse." Six six six, September 26th this year, which was 1999, right? And so, midway through the year, I found out September 26th was the Feast of Trumpets. 
So I was all excited about that. Oh, 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 the, we're going to see the change of everything. Well, September 26th came and went and nothing happened. And literally I told my church, I told people, I said, I'm, I'm going to sit down. I am, I'm, I'm done because this voice was so clear to me that if it, I couldn't, if it wasn't the Lord, I don't know who's speaking to me this clear. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down out of the ministry. Well, we were doing a meeting. We were going to a meeting in Jacksonville, Florida with Bob Jones and Paul Kane. And so we went down to Jacksonville. I said, that's, well, after that, you know, I mean, I'll pray with anybody, but I'm done with the ministry. So October comes, we go to Jacksonville and Paul Kane is up talking about the release of Joel's army. He said, the Lord's telling me it's starting. It's starting now, right? And Bob Jones was sitting in the front row and he goes walking up the stage right in the middle of Paul talking. And he said, Paul, it didn't start now. It started September 26th. He said, don't you see it? The Feast of Trumpets. He says, don't you see it? The Lord is reversing the curse. 666, 999, September 1999. I, I almost fell out of my chair. There was about 10,000 people there. And we went down there with maybe 20 people. They were jumping up and down and screaming out of all these people because they knew what I was getting ready to, to step down. They, they knew it was a confirmation of exactly the words which the Lord gave me. It was exactly uh, word for word. He's reversing the curse 666, September 1999, right? And, and uh, at that point, I knew that the clock started ticking down, Danae. And uh, amen, man. I, I could keep on talking. Is there anything you'd like to share with us before we got to go here? You know what? I just want to tell you before I go that you called me the other day and we had a chat about doing this interview. Mm -hmm. And the whole time that you were speaking, um, you know, I'd never talked to you on, on the phone before. I'd met you briefly, but I'd never really had a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. And as you were talking, <laughs> something happened. I was kind of having a bad morning, nothing serious, but I was just kind of having an off morning. and I was a little off. And so I was sort of glad when he when when my cousin brought me the phone. He said, "You have your phone call," and I said, "Oh yes, the phone call." And um, I was kind of glad to be able to have the phone call in the first place because just everything was off, you know. And something happened just while you were talking. It told me that you're definitely anointed. Mm. Thing about healing because when you were speaking, it was it didn't matter what you were saying. I was just listening to you. You might have noticed I was a bit quiet because I kept bursting into tears. And I was bursting into tears because something, this is, hasn't happened to me in so many years too, is that while you were speaking, I could feel that anointing and something just washed over me. And I actually just started to sort of cry to myself a little bit. And it just, there was it's sort of an inner healing. Maybe I just didn't know I needed. And I felt so relieved and it was just, that's why I just was quite happy to just stay on the phone with you as long as you wanted, because I was, there's a, you're a, there's so, and I don't even know what it was because I really don't know you, but until now, we're, you know, we're getting to know each other. But I felt that, and I am very sensitive to those things, I think because of just my life and the way it is, it went, that I've spent so much time around all of the, all of the people, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, I've seen healing, like the most shocking things um, I've been witness to, which I think why God's put me in the position where I am now to talk about things because I did see, Amen. you know, I, all I really have to do is tell you what I see, but I also know what I feel and that there is a definite anointing on you. And it's just been an honor to meet you. And I just wanted to thank you that you were healing me without even 
you're talking to me, but you're anointed. And it, it, it just cleansed, right? There was the Holy Spirit, which just... Amen. And I just felt so great. And I've been so excited about doing this interview. And so thank you so much oh, for inviting you. me to do oh. this. And I love talking about dad and I love talking about God and I love talking about all the subject matter. And so anytime you want me to come back, I'm happy to. Oh, and we'd love to have you on our, our broadcast as well. Mom and I would love to. I know you and my mother will have a great time. Amen. <laughs> so we'll have to set that up as well. Well, we're, we're definitely going to do this. I, I told you the last time we we talked uh, that we'll be setting states, uh, sets up here and that are already made over in California. We're bringing them to Houston. And I want to bring you and your mom, and we're going to do that prophetic roundtable. And I, I I just, you know, Love I thank God for your dad. Yes. Your dad encouraged so many people. He was awesome. He was. He was a My dad was, was a the best God. dad. <laughs> and, uh you know, thank God for those He was voices. a good man, a kind man. Amen, sister. I know. I just, growing up, I used to say, I used to say, and this is long before dad ever got sick and I never knew what was going to happen to him. But all the time growing up, I used to say, I just thank God for giving me the best dad. I just got the best dad in the world. Amen. And I really did. And I, I you know, I, we did lose him too soon, but I am so grateful Amen. for being able to be his daughter and for being able to be put in this family in this position to do whatever little piece I can do to help because I I do I I, I do find that it's a passion of my, my life and my heart. And so Amen. this has all just been a joy and an honor. Amen. Well how can our people get in contact, get on the videos and and, and see some of the stuff? I know your dad has a huge uh a library <laughs> of prophetic words. I myself I have a huge library of prophetic teachings, but your dad was way past me on prophetic words. So um, how do people get on that? It was, it's des- it's the house of destiny.com. Am I right with, or .org? Org. Yeah. Org. Amen. House of destiny.org. But you can put kimclement.com and it's going to take you there as well. So kimclement.com or house of destiny.org. Either way, you're landing on the same page. Uh, we're actually a network. And so we have channels. Um, and every day of the week, there's something. So Monday, I do Prophetic Rewind, and that'll be released on Mondays. Um, in the middle of the week on Wednesdays, we have church on Wednesday, and Pastor Foz is there, and he, he mans that out. We have teaching, special teachings on Wednesdays in the middle of the week. Dad used to do a lot of teaching and stuff in the middle of the week, so we've kind of kept with that. And then uh, we also have Destiny Worship and Destiny Kids, and we have every Saturday, Mom and I do a main Saturday broadcast, and we'll talk about events and we interview people and we'll talk about dad's prophecies and we'll do some code breaking, you know, just we're pretty fluid. So whatever's going on, you know, we're going to do current events or maybe we're not, maybe we're going to talk about this prophecy and, and hear what other people have to say. And so there's really a community of us, um, you know, analyzing these prophecies. And so if you go to the website, you need to look for the prophecy database, which is in the info about a section of the website, but also on the app. So we have an app. Google Play or or Apple, uh, wherever you get your apps, look for House of Destiny. So mm-hmm. everything that's on the website is on the app. You can watch all the all the broadcasts. You can see the Prophecy Database. Uh, we're also all over social media. Search for Kim Clement or House of Destiny and you'll find us. YouTube, Rumble, um, that's where we have a lot of videos, but TikTok and Facebook and Instagram, wherever we can be, we're there. So you'll find us no matter what you're using and 
And, uh, you know, we encourage people to just share with us what God's showing you, because, you know, uh, it's quite incredible when we can come together and look at these things that God's showing us, not just through my dad, but but others as well. And then when we come together and, and start to look at it and look at events, you know, it's it's it's. It's a beautiful experience doing it, and it's very exciting and, and, and fun as well. And so, you know, I invite anybody to come and, and you can become a member of the House of Destiny. It's free. And when you do that, you can go back and you can watch raw footage of Dad going back, I think, all the way to 2009 is what mm-hmm. we have so far on the websites and on the app. So you can go and look at all that stuff, too, and just watch raw, or you can watch Prophetic Rewind, which is me taking that old footage out of prof- the prophecies or the worship or the teachings. And every week we have mm-hmm. something to share. And mm-hmm. I still haven't run out of stuff. I thought I would have by now, but I haven't. So <laughs> praise God for that. Amen. But it's just a blessing. And we, we just, we have a really good time together and we, we learn about the prophetic and we understand and we look and sometimes we don't know and we figure it out together and God shows us and it's just a beautiful thing. So Israel Update on Fridays, Amen. we have uh, Israel Update, which is our, we have a correspondent in Israel who give you news from the ground in Israel, and Dad set that up. So every Friday, you can look at that too if you're if you're especially interested in Israel. Uh, we have a great Israel update channel, so lots there for everybody. And so I encourage everybody to come have a look because we're still we're still trucking. I know I know we don't have Dad anymore, but we've still got all those prophecies and so many things that, that we're just honored to be able to just be a part of this and share it. So. Amen. So those of you that are out there that are listening on VOH News, it, you know, a lot of things that uh, Danae's father was releasing are so profound for the time we're in. It's a good resource to get into, listen to those words that are right now. Again, houseofdestiny.org. And if uh, you want to stop into their church, they have uh, they have a lot of things going on there. Danae, it was wonderful having you. God bless you, sister. And thank you. We're going to do this again. If you enjoyed today's podcast, partner with us by heading to vohradio.com. That's vohradio.com. Call the studio at 1-877-440-3737. That's 1-877-440-3737. Or you can send us an email at info at vohradio.com. Again, that's info at vohradio.com. This is the Voice of Healing Radio with Michael Petro.